All right, it is six o'clock on the dot. Son, would you hit record? Thank you, boy. My sound man is in there. Um, all right, so... Um, um, but right now, today, we are continuing in our lessons on the structure of Genesis chapter 1. How it's designed, how Genesis chapter 1 is laid out. Uh, because a lot of times we miss things like that because we just read it like we would any book, right? You just pick up a book and you read it. And of course, our Bibles are designed really kind of badly, you know, we've got like, you know, like the two column thing and then the, the print that, you know, you're, and the paper that's so thin that if you breathe on it, it rips. And, um, and we do that because otherwise they're like this thick, right? Um, but it makes for an uncomfortable read. I mean, especially, you know, um, they do have other types of Bibles out there if you're interested, several reader Bibles and their nice thick paper and journal Bibles that are uh, journal, where like um, the CSV and the ESV both have journal Bibles where you buy like the book of Genesis and that's all you have is the book of Genesis and you read through it and you write in it and, um, and it's, I like it that way because when I'm going to go study a book of the Bible, this is what I do with it. I tear it up. Um, and uh, so I like it that way. Of course, I'm a reader as well, so sometimes I just want to read the book. And, and so a different Bible is good for that as well. Uh, but, um, and of course, when I say Genesis chapter 1, I'm actually saying, meaning Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 2, 3. Because most of the time our Bible, the way when the people went back into the Bible, because it originally didn't have all those numbers and chapters and, and verses and all that. That's not how it was written. They didn't originally didn't mark it up. That was something we did later on when we stopped memorizing it. And most of the time we do a good job of doing it in between the thoughts and the but unfortunately on page one we don't. <laughs> um, the first Genesis chapter one really doesn't end until Genesis chapter two, three. Um so we're, we're really looking at how the frame exists around this, this book. And, and as we look at the, 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 the chapter, you see that it really begins, let me make this a little bigger on my screen, <coughs> with a summary prologue. In the beginning, God created the skies and the land, or your Bible may say heavens and the earth, um, but skies and land kind of more captures the idea that's behind it because it's not like the globe and it's not like heaven up above. It's the skies above, everything that's up. And, um, and so then we have some exposition. Um, now the land was wild and waste or formless and void. Tohu vahavohu. So on day, so we get this idea right at the beginning. God creates the heaven and earth. How did he do it? Well, right off the bat, we see there was a problem. There was a problem. It was tohu vavohu. It was formless and void. It was empty, wild and waste. And so God's going to deal with those issues. And so on day one, 
uh, which is where we left off a number uh, last week. We got to through day one. Uh, he put rulers in the sky on day one and gave them dominion over that land. And he started the time period of darkness and light. And there was evening and there was morning, day one. And we also see that as there were, he, so he's, it was tohu. So he fills that problem. But it was also vavohu. It was uninhabited or waste. So he fills that one on day four. So he deals with the problem on day one and day four. He deals with the sky, the, the heavens, the waters, and then the land. So day one is the skies, the heavens. Day two is the waters. Day three is the land. Day four is the heavens. Day five is the waters. Day six is the lands. So he's feeling this. There's, there's a very well thought out pattern here in this book um, that is uh, beautiful and well thought out. So we, we left off on day two and five, which is the, the land. Now we're going to come back to this next week as well because we're going to talk about waters and the dragon that's in there. So if you read about the snake and the, the dragon and you thought, well, that's kind of cool, we're going to talk about that next week. If you missed that, then look forward to next week. Um, but um, day two... Um, Let's see, let's go to day two and five. All right, so day two. And God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters. That's that dome word, is that rakia? In the, that's that, uh, the, the thing that separates the, the, the waters. It's, um, it's the place where above that is God's throne room. It's what blocks the waters that was released from the, in the flood, the rakia, the hammered out one. So let there be a dome in the middle of the waters and let it separate the waters from waters. And God made the dome and separated the waters which were below the dome from the waters which were above the dome. And so it was called the, and God called the dome skies. I love how he names things and it, like that's how it really gains its purpose is when he names them. When he names it, that's how it gains its identity, its purpose. We're going to see as you read through the Bible, pay attention to the play on, all the names in there have meaning. Every name in there has a meaning. And it's usually important. And name changes, especially. Think about all the name changes we see in the Bible, how important those are. Like, we'll give some easy ones. Like, Saul becomes Paul. And, um, what? Simon? Peter. There you go. Anyone think of another one? Yeah, Sarai becomes Sarah. Abraham. Abraham. Jacob becomes Israel. I mean, all the name changes are going to be very important, but all the names in the scriptures are important. Now, those long lists, you want a fun activity, 
it gets overwhelming sometimes. But all those lists of names, go find out what all of them mean. <laughs> it gets tedious because you're like, what, why? What, but they all mean something. Um, and it's kind of fun. Um, so he gives it this, God gave this, this it, purpose by giving it its name. And there was evening in the morning on the second day. Now, he filled it, he created the, 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 the tohu on day two. And, and he fills it, uh, the, the, the unhabitedness of it on day five. So we see this direct correlation. And God said, let the waters swarm with, uh, with the swarms of living creatures and let the birds above the land against the face of the dome of the skies and let God create the sea monster and every living, that's the word, sea monster, that's, that's the dragon right there. And we'll talk about that next week. That's a, that's, a, that's a fun one. I'm only going to briefly touch on it. The Bible Project right now has done a huge podcast series on the dragon. Um, I have not listened to all of it, so, but it's, it's been pretty good. Um, so I'm only going to briefly touch on that compared to what they're doing. So if you're interested in that topic, I recommend going there. Um, but every living creature that moves with the water swarmed after their kind and every bird of the wings of its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and Fill the waters with the sea and let the birds multiply on the land. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. So we see they were in the, the, the waters and the skies. There's, there's, there's a creation going on and he's made the waters in the skies. This place where these things can be. It's no longer just the deep abyss of the... Um, that uh, that chaotic waters. It's also the skies above. It's it's the place where we can get our our drinking water. But it's also the, the coastal line and all this this stuff that um, that is important to the, how the Earth is shaped. And uh, and he created things like the sea monster. The same sea monster we're going to see uh, sometimes called Leviathan. Um, um, on on day five and uh, and uh, and filled it and it was evening and morning so that we see this correlation. Um, yeah, I didn't miss anything I want to talk about. Had to check. All right, go on to three and six. Um, Um, this one, six is a little bit longer one. Why is six longer? <laughs> yes. It's, it's, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it finishes things, it deals, but it's also got, um, it's, it's the day that we feel with, with mankind and the land and the place that we live. So there's a lot of stuff going on there on day six. Um, so, um, well, and God said on day three, and God said, let the waters below, uh, below the skies be gathered into one place and let the dry ground be seen. And it was so, and God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters he called seas 
and saw that it was good. So he created a place for mankind to be. And then let's zoom in on, on part six. So day three provides the shift from day two focused on the middle realm to uh, the emergence of a place where um, we can be and, 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 and where land can act and, um, and specifically vegetation, fruit trees and bare seeds and are going to happen. So, uh, and God said, let the land sprout vegetation Vegetative plants that produce seeds and fruit trees that make fruit according to its kind. Um, here's an interesting thought. When we talk about uh, types of fruit trees and animals and stuff like that, we usually, in our modern scientific world, we usually use the word species. Um, and that's not what the Bible does. The Bible, the Hebrew people of the Bible had no idea about species and and genomes and all those wonderful things, classifications that we put things in. It was kinds. So like a tiger and a cat and a lion weren't necessarily different. They were just big cats. They were the same kind of animal. Um, we'll see the same kind of speech when we talk about Noah's Ark. It just types of every kind. It's not talking about every species. Um, that's, uh, that's something that we in our modern think of. That's not something they necessarily would have thought of. Um, the idea of, uh, of that kind of stuff comes much later in the way of our thinking. Um, and we have to, just as we talked about creation and evolution and all those other discussions that we did back at what, episode part two, I guess, <laughs> um, which if you weren't here for that, you can listen to all that on LaughlinChurch.com. It's all there. Um, go to the media section. But our temptation is to try to put our cosmos, our worldview, our way of thinking on these passages. And we have to be careful of that because that's not what they were thinking of. It's just not the way they thought. And so this says make uh, fruit according to every its kind. That doesn't mean necessarily, um, you know, so... It's, that's what that word mean, kind means. I mean, it's just all fruit-bearing trees and, and fruit-bearing, you know, and the berries and the, you know, and uh, root vegetables. and um, Yeah, so which has the, land, the seed inside of it upon the land? And it was so. Uh, and notice they put all fruits, uh, anything that has a seed inside of it, so berries are fruits. They don't, like, there's no such thing as like a, a berry tells it's all, and you know, it's vegetables and fruits. They didn't, they didn't have the same classifications we did. Um, so this produced seeds according. Okay, and trees which make fruit and which has its seed in it according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning a third day. Um, and God said, Behold, I have given every plant producing seed on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit-producing seed, I shall be food for you. Uh, I've skipped a little bit um, because I'm playing with some ideas here. Um, uh, to be, it'll be, uh, um, and every beast of the land and every 
uh, bird of the sky and everything that moves on the land, which has animals' life and every green plant for food. And so it was so. And God saw all he, all he had made, and the behold, it was very good. And it was evening and it's morning on the sixth day. So th- they were for food. They were for mankind. That's why he produced these things. And he saw that it was, uh, this is the only day that gets a tohu vavohu. I, I'm sorry, a, a, a tov ma'od, a very good, exceedingly good. Um, everyone, every other day was just good. This is, this is the day that gets a, a very good. Um, it gets an A plus. It's, um, this day was, was special. Um, tov ma'od. And, um, and so, um, so, so we see the pattern here. Um, that, um, that, that, des- that of design that is in these passages. Very beautiful. Uh, in this X-like shape, this chiasm. Uh, chiasm is you know, any kind. We see this throughout the scriptures. Scriptures have all kinds of chiasms. Um, we're going to see it. You see it a lot where they have an idea and it goes in and then out. They call them a chiasm because it's based off of the chi in Greek. So you have that X shape. Um, so, but you'll see this a lot as it goes, this kind of shaping. Uh, Psalms has it throughout it. Um, and, um, and so we'll see this kind of A-B-B-A format. Um, a lot of our modern, or a lot of poetry has this kind of format too in this. Um, as you re- if you read your English books. Um, a lot of a lot of things have this kind of format. It's a, it's a very classic way of doing things, um, but um, so we see this. God ordered the heavens, the light, um, and dark. So. God orders a heaven, light here will equal the divine glory, dark equals the chaos. Um, and um, and uh, land, he provides a, and in day three, he provides a, a refuge from the chaos that he separated, that he created um, as that he's created a place. The whole thing is about creating a place away from chaos. Uh, defeating the chaos dragon, you might say. As he, he's created this place that is good for mankind to live. He's defeated darkness, a symbol of chaos. He's defeated the water, he's a symbol of chaos. He's defeated the... Um, um, and created a place for, for people to, to live. Uh, put a place where the monster is a sigh away. Uh, of course, that sea monster, we'll see him come up on land here in a little bit. But, um, um, yeah. 
So we have this, this symmetry which, um, in this, these passages, um, defeating the chaotic waters of darkness, death, the enemies. Uh, dry land is representative of light, life, and refuge. So, um, here we see uh, a pattern where God has delegated rulers um, that mirror each other. Um, on day four, the sun and the moon um, both function as a pair of rules that, uh, that rules the night and the day. Uh, stars are not included in the delegated rulers. Rather, they make up part of the darkness, the night. Um, on, similarly, on day six, uh, man and woman function as the ruling pairs over the land and the animals. Uh, interesting enough, we often talk about the sovereignty of God, which we should talk about the sovereignty of God, but he has also delegated authority um, to Sun of the moon, delegated authority to humans. Um, unfortunately, that's been misused over the years. To you know, we can do whatever we want with it. We'll destroy everything once we can get our hands on right. Um, I don't want to go too far down the green, you know, the green travel because I think that's that's bad too, but. We don't want to worship earth, which I think is where a lot of people are taking it. It's worship the earth. But, um, but we have done a bad job of actually taking care of what we're supposed to be ruling over. Um, so we have this, yeah, so we have this, this, um, this image where we're ruling over um, and um, Notice as we, uh, I've got them highlighted here, that all three days have extra objects created that kind of stick out uh, from the list. You know, the stars, they're not part of the rulers. The sea monster, it's not really part of, the, it's the birds and the fish, and then there's the sea monster. We have the stars that kind of stand out. We have, um, in day six, you have the cattle that just kind of don't fit in there. You have the vegetation, humans, and you have the, the cattle. It just kind of doesn't fit in the pattern. Um, these, um, these, these are to, they stick out on purpose. They're, they're to draw our attention to things. Um, and to ask, as we ask questions like, what are the stars? And of course, one of the things we've done with them over the years, I don't want to go too far on this path today, because um, we could really go down it, uh, and I don't know if I completely understand it myself. Um, I'm not that smart. Um, but uh, one of the things that people have done with it over the years have said, well, they're the angels that stand out. And um, I guess it's possible. I don't choose to go that way usually, but it's, um, but it's, it's very possible. They could be representing something, the, the rulers in heaven, the, the angels. Um, and people have done that in church as we travel through church history in the way. Um, and there's, there's reasons for it. I've read several books that have that theology in it. I'm just not sure if I completely understand how they get there. So I don't want to really go into it too much. But 
because, like I said, I don't know if I understand it completely, um, which is okay. I'm still learning. I spent 10, uh, 10 weeks on this so far, and I'm still learning about Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so he's, so we've, he's dedicated these, these, these rulers, and we have extra things that, stay, that stand out. Um, I think this is my favorite of the pictures. It's the overlapping design structure that's laid on top of each other. Um, in a book... Um, what book was that? Um, oh, it was by David Ander Teeter. Um, anyway, David Ander Teeter. We'll just leave it at that. Um, he calls it literary origami, which I thought was a beautiful way of looking at it. Who, who knows what origami is? Yeah, the folding of the paper. And you can make designs and you make it into a swan or a whatever else. The origami. Uh, he calls it literary origami. Um, and we have a two-fold axis found in Genesis chapter 1. Um, uh, on, especially on the, on the six days. Um, the split, mm, I think I like green. Split here, the wild and the waste, the tohu, the vohu, probably ain't you. Vavohu, um, yes, this is neat as it gets. Blame on dysgraphia. Um, Tohu vavohu. Um, so we have God dealing with the unordered. He's ordering it on days one, two, and three, and he's inhabiting it, feeling it on days uh, four, five, and six. Beautiful design. But we also have the origami line there. Um where we have the host of the skies and the host of the land. And of course, you can download all these pictures yourself. You go to the Bible Project or our notes section on the app. We fill in notes section on our app, Laughlin Church app. You can download this for all the pictures for yourself and uh, study them. And of course, we might have some still back there. I'm not sure. Um, but um, yeah, so... Uh, we have the host of the land, so we have uh, the skies and the land being filled because that was what happened on day one, right? God created the heavens and the earth. So he's filling what he's created. He's ordering what he created. Beautiful, beautiful design in Genesis chapter 1. It's designed so that you can read it in one sitting and go, okay, cool. But you also can wrestle with it and sit with it and reread it and say, what about this? How's this design pattern look out? What's going on here? It's designed that way. And it's designed to draw our attention to some things that stand out, like 
the dragon, like the stars, like the cattle that are, uh, that are, are there. Um, these things are, um, are designed there. And so, um, and it, it's completed, on, you know, on day seven, he says it's done. The skies and the land and all their hosts are done on, on day seven. It's done, so he rests. And uh, we'll talk about uh, that seven after after. Um, I want to I come back and talk about rest. We'll sit with that one for a day. Resting is, is one of the most beautiful things in the Bible. Don't you think so? Oh, I love the, the comfort of rest in the scriptures and the challenge of rest in the scriptures. Some of you, it's definitely a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> um, but it's, the idea of rest is, is amazing. And of course, there's two different words for rest in the scriptures as well. Um, we'll talk about that when we get to there. There's Noahic rest, and uh, like Noah. And then there's the Sabbath rest, which is different. Um, so. All right. What questions do we have? The, today was really just kind of finishing up what we didn't get to last week. Um, so I've kind of finished what I want to talk about. I don't want to really stop next week because we'll definitely not get to get through it. So let's, let's, So what questions do we have now?